Hey, so we are starting a brand new sermon, uh, brand new sermon series today called I Am Fill in the Blank. How would you fill in that blank? So if you were to, ask, if you were to answer that question you were, and you were going to literally give a definition of who you are, how would you fill in that blank? Now, I know what many of us do. We start on the surface. I'm white. I'm black. I'm Democrat. I'm Republican. I am sexy. I mean, it's like, like, like whatever. Like, <laughs> that was scary. Don't ever do, do that again. You're fired from the, from the worship team. Just don't ever do that again, okay? No, I'm just kidding. But it's like, how would you fill in that, that blank? Because really, I, I, I think when we try to, to typically answer that question, we always start with the outside. We always start surface level when really, I don't know if you know this or not, there is a reason why you do what you do, say what you say, and act the way you act. All of that stuff, all of your stuff outwardly has a root inwardly. In other words, there's a why, a reason, some sort of, I don't know, identity why you do what you do. And I, and I think if we're going to really see change happen, the point of following Jesus is change. It's not just behavior modification, right? It's not just Jesus getting you to do all of the right Christian things. Jesus ultimately came to bring change on the deep part of you in your heart. He didn't just want to change what you do. He wanted to literally change who you are. But I think so many times we get focused on, oh, Jesus just wants to change what I do. Yes, he does, but it's, but it's a change from the inside, changing who you are, and then coming out, and it's showing in what is on the outside. A lot of stuff that we actually deal with is symptomatic issues. It is a symptom of what's going on on the inside. You might actually fill in this, this blank here and say, I am hurt. Like when you sift past your color, age, race, gender, all of these things that we typically identify ourselves as and find our and find our identity in and we get down deep some of you might actually say i am hurt and you are living from this place of hurt where it's like why is you know and you and and basically you've got people saying like why is this person so mean and hateful and spiteful and just and i mean we've probably all known people like that where it's like what's wrong with this person and the issue is, is that they would actually fill in this, this blank with that word hurt, and they're living from a place of hurt. Why? Because, you know what, they got vulnerable, loved somebody, they got hurt, the person that they loved hurt them, so now they've built up this big brick wall saying, I'm not going to let nobody in. I'm going to live my life as being a hurt person, and you've all heard it said, hurt people hurt people. And if you're constantly trying to just fix the, what, outside and not trying to fix the inside and get to the root of the actual issues in your life, then you're, you might have changed for a time period, but you won't have deep, lasting, identity-altering change. So we, we, we've got to start inside out. If we're going to answer this question, we've got to get to the root, pass all of these symptoms, issues, and things like that. It's got a root. Now, typically, whenever we say I am, we always start with what we think. I am rich, I am poor, I am single, I am married, I am awesome, I am dumb, I am 
valuable. I am valueless. It's like we've got these things that we always start with what we think, but I think we should actually start with the source, the person that created us, and maybe say, hey, God, what do you think about who we are? How would God fill in this blank? Rather than us always saying, what do we think we are, why don't we go to God and actually say, hey, God, who do you think you are? Or who do you, are? Who do you think I am? And let's start with God instead of starting with us. All right, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis simply, simply means this, beginnings. So Genesis is a book about beginnings. It is simply in, you know, the, the, the first three or four or five chapters are simply an account of creation. And, you know, here's the thing. Genesis is, is not a science book. The purpose of Genesis wasn't to give us scientific data. The purpose of Genesis was for us to actually see and understand in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. It wasn't in the beginning, bang. In, in, in the beginning, purposelessness. In the beginning, chaos. In the beginning was God. And here's the thing. Genesis is not a science book. I, I really believe faith and science should go hand in hand. I think sometimes we think science and faith are these total polar, polar opposites. But at the same time, like, here's the thing. I'm cool. We can, we can be cool if we're both on this same lineup as in the beginning God. Genesis doesn't have any scientific um, equations. It doesn't say whether the seven days of creation were actually literal days, or they were a thousand years, or they were a million years. Like, no one knows, but that's okay. Like, here, the bottom line is, in the beginning, God, if, if, you, if we can uh, agree on that, we can be cool. It's not in the beginning, bang. It's not in the beginning, boom. It's not chaos. It begins with God. And God on the sixth day created man. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 tells us this. Then God said, let us, us right there, us, God is Trinity. God is three. God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, yet one. This right here is actually one of, one of the first references in scripture to, to, to God being three, yet God being one. Let us make man in what? Our image and our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created man to do what? Rule over creation. So he was supposed to, to be under God's rule because he was the created one. Man is created. He is not creator. He was created under God, but he was supposed to rule over creation. Unfortunately, what we see now, creation rules over us. Drugs, alcohol, sex, power, enslavement. Like we see all of these things that we were called to rule over, now those things are ruling over us. So that is not God's created order. We were called to, to live under God's rule over creation. Above even, get this, animals. I know you love your dogs. We have our dog lovers here. But we're, you know, and, and hey, it's, it's cool if a dog's part of your, your family. I get it. 
I know that. But at the same time, we were called to rule over them. We were given a specialness about us that is not God, but is still above animals and all of this other created stuff. And then he says, let's make man in our image. Man, people were the only thing that were created in God's image. He says, we were created in God's image. Now, I don't know if you have kids, but I have kids. And I can undoubtedly say, my kids are made in my image. Because why? Because I helped create them. I had a part in that process. Right? And it's like, my son Jackson, whenever you see him, look at him. You can't not say that that little dude is my image. The way he moves his arms. The way he talks back to me. He says things I said as a kid that I even say now. Whenever some comes up, someone comes up to me and says something stupid or, or does something, I'm, I'm like, really? I don't know why. I just say really. I don't know. Just... But now what does my son do whenever I don't throw a right pass to him whenever we're playing football? The pass goes over his, his head. He turns around. Really, Dad? Really? I'm like, that's my son. I know it's my son. God help me. I, I got to raise this kid, right? But it's like, I know this dude is made in my image. Like, I helped create him. So he has got qualities like me, but he is not me. God is, we are made in God's image. We have qualities like God, but we have to understand that we are not God. I know this world wants to tell you, you are in charge of your life. You are God. There, there has been a script flip. You are not created. You are the creator. And so now you take the place and you rule your own life. Whatever you say goes, you are now in charge. When that is in complete contradiction to the created order. You were the created. You are not the creator. You were made in his image, but yes, you are not God. You are like God. But what does this do? If we're made in God's image, what does this give us? It gives us intrinsic value and intrinsic worth that goes beyond sexual identity, that goes beyond your skin color, that goes beyond gender, that goes beyond political affiliation that goes beyond any other of the surfacey stuff that we typically identify and classify people as. Every human being living, breathing on this planet, the bottom line is they're stamped as being made in the image of God. And therefore, because they're made in God's image, they have worth and value, and therefore we are called to respect in each person in this whole planet, the image of God that they are stamped with just as we are. And that is why at this church, one of our core values is this, honor everyone. We don't care who you are. You come into this church, we're going to honor the image of God in you. We don't care black, white, Asian, I mean, black, white, Asian, you breathing, you're a human being, you, you're whatever, you walk into this place, we're going to honor you. Why? Because you are a human made in God's image and therefore deserve to be valued and loved and cherished as such. What if, what if our world looked past all of the stuff that we see, affiliations, identifications that we always classify people and give people, and said, above your classification, you are made in the image of God, and I'm going to love, serve, and respect that part of you. I think there would be a little bit of a, a different way that we do things. James chapter 3, there was this part, James here, he's probably writing to probably 12 different churches, and he, he writes this one part where He's talking about the power of our tongues and basically how the power of our words influence things. And, and what James says here is like we live and die by what we say. Our words have creative power. God did not create anything until he spoke. 
Think about that. Nothing was created and it said, then God what? Said. And it happened. In the same way, if we're created in God's image, our words have creative power to create atmospheres, to create life, or to create death. And what James says here in James 3, 3, in James 3, 9, he says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and then with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. James says here, we should not curse or we should not praise God. Oh, God, I love you. You're awesome. You're, you're great. And once, and once we get out of here, you're Democrat. You suck. It should not be, oh, Lord, I love you. I will build my life upon your love. Yes, God, yes, I will build my life. And then leave this room and curse and put down in hateful speech people who have been made in God's image. You only see the outward things. God sees who they are. They're made in God's image. You know, honor does not mean agreement, but it means being nice. It means looking past labels. And seeing beyond how people label themselves, they're made in God's image. And they have given and, are, and should be given intrinsic worth. I want you to know today, I don't care how you value, I don't know how you label yourself, what you filled in that, that daggone blank with. But I want to let you know, beyond if you feel worthless, beyond what you feel, you have value and worth because you are stamped with the image of God. And if that doesn't well up inside of you, I've got worth and I've got value, I'm worth something. I don't care how you were treated. I don't care how your parents treated you. I don't care how your job treats you. I don't care how. You've got to find your image and your identity and your worth, not from created people, but from creator God. And build your foundation on who he says you are. You're made in God's image. You're made in God's image. You're made in God's image. Now, there is somebody, and this isn't real popular, popular preaching, but there's someone that doesn't like the fact that you're made in God's image, and that is Satan. That is the enemy. Like, I, I, I know many times in this day, we don't like to talk about Satan. We don't like to talk about the devil, because we kind of like, like to science, we like to science, si, si, I'm trying to come up with a word here, so work with me, science-fy everything. Everything is a genetic thing. Everything is just because I'm stressed. Everything is just, just because I'm, you know, I'm chemically disposed. To the, and, and trust me, I'm not saying that we're not, okay? I'm, I'm not saying those things aren't true. But I think we almost take credit away from the devil when really at the bottom line, he's at the heart, he's at the root. His whole goal in, in this life is to literally steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. That's, that's his mission statement. If he had a business... Satan Inc. You go on his, his site, website, he's straight, his vision statement about us. We exist <laughs> to steal people, kill people, and destroy people. Thank you for checking us out on, on you know, thank you for checking us out online, right? That is Satan's mission statement. That is his goal. So we've got to, to say if we're labeled with the image of God, and that's our God-given identity. And check this out. God's given, made in God's image, is not achieved. It's received. Get that. God's, this, us being made in God's image had nothing to do with anything we have done or achieved. 
It was simply received because we weren't the author. We weren't the creator. So we, we need to actually accept the fact and see that we are at our core made in God's image. But there's someone, Satan, he, his whole goal is to steal from you, kill from you, and destroy you and try to get you to see yourself as being other than made in God's image. And we see the effects of that all around ruling, ruling nations, political leaders globally that just take and enslave people and kill people and just mass, I mean, like, it's so hard to, I mean, like, don't you know these are like dads and cousins and, and families and they have kids and it's like, these are people. These are not just problems. These are people. Whenever God's people will get a heart to see beyond labels, then that's when we can truly love people. I don't believe we can label some, we can only see someone's label and actually truly and sincerely love them. And loving by, I mean serving and trying to, for their betterment. We need God's grace to see beyond labels, to see image made to reflect the God that created us. But Satan, let me tell you this, in you know, Genesis 1, it's all good, created in God's image. God said you're free to eat from any of these trees. Like he set them up naked in a garden. Baller, right? <laughs> like you're naked in a garden with your wife. Like praise God. Like I want to go there right now. I'm just <laughs> it was good. It was awesome. Like, it was great. God told them, you're free to eat from any, any tree. They're, I mean, you're free to eat. Go, get, eat, eat, do it. It's going to be awesome. And then bear fruit, have kids. You know how to have kids. So go and eat and make babies. Sign me up, Jesus. <laughs> if this is perfection, I'm there, right? But it's like, it was this freedom. It was this awesomeness. It was this great world. And then Satan comes in Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to walk through this. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 1. It says, now the serpent. You call him a serpent. You call him a mice. You call him mouse. Whatever you want to call him. The bottom line is Satan came. Okay, Satan, Satan came. He was more crafty. You know the enemy's crafty? You know the enemy is scheming against you right now? And I, I know we like to think of the devil as being a, a little cartoon character with a pitchfork and a long tail. He is scheming, and he's crafty, and he wants to take you out. If he is crafty and he's scheming, I think sometimes y'all got to scheme against the devil. That means you've got to get wise. That means if you're struggling with certain stuff, like if you're struggling drinking, you need to stop going to the bar. Your bump set spiking yourself to fail. You want to stop bad dating this guy, dating that guy, one month it's great, then it's all downhill. You need to stop dating losers that don't love Jesus and that are just in it for self, like your bump set spiking yourself for the enemy. Get off the uh, bumblebee or whatever it's called, bumblebee or tw uh, Tinder. Get off those dating sites. <laughs> Where dudes, most of them are only on there. I mean, come on, man. Are y'all just setting some of y'all selves up for failure? Get crafty, because he's crafty. I did not mean to say any of that, so that was a total rabbit, rabbit trail. Now, the serpent was more crafty. First service was a whole lot different. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that? He was not eating any tree in this garden. So the way that the enemy is going to try to scheme you and get crafty with you first is get you to try to question God's word. Trying to get you to question God's word about who you really are. You're not that. You're not, you're, you're not this. God didn't make you in his image. I mean, look at you. Look at your life right now. Do you think God is really, like, do you think God is really for you right now? Do you think you're really made in God's image? Look, look what you've done. Look what you've done. Look where you're from. 
Look who you're dating right now. I mean, it's like he'll try to accuse you. Satan's, he, Satan is called the accuser of the saints. He wants to accuse you. He wants to tell you what you aren't instead of telling you who you really are. And that's why you've got to listen. You've got to know God's word, what he says about you. Because if you've got mind games going on, the enemy, Satan's trying to get at you, trying to tell you who you aren't. You've got to be ready to respond with God's word that says who you really are while, the, while Satan is screaming at you who you're not. You've got to know God's word. I am more than a, a conqueror. Sometimes you've got to even say things that you don't even feel because faith isn't built on what we feel. Faith is built on who we serve. And so there's going to be times where you're going to have to speak things over your life to create the atmosphere, to create life, even though inside you feel death. But it is when you act in faith and trust in God's character than just your, your circumstances, then you will see, because of the power of your words, you will see life come to you. It's called encouraging yourself in the Lord. It's called encouraging yourself. Sometimes we need to encourage ourselves. But he tries to question God's word. Did God really say that? You must not eat in tree of the garden. Go on. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, so she knows what God said. You must not eat from tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Go on. For God knows. So then Satan gets real crafty. He says, for God knows when you, when you eat from it, your eyes. Yeah, hold on. I was about to say, I think we missed something. So, so basically Satan goes from, did God really say that? And then he just flat out lies. So he's like, no, God didn't say that. You will not certainly die. God was making that up. God's trying to control you. You know what? God, God's trying to keep you from having the best fun of your life. He says, you know what God's actually trying to do? He's trying to hold something back from you. How mean is God? What a punk God is. You know what you need to do? You need to do what you want. Because do you know what? If you do what you want, you'll be happy. Do this, and you'll be like God. For, yeah, verse number five. This is what he, he says. He says, for God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God, no one's good from evil. So, but hadn't Adam and Eve already received their identity, being made in God's image? And then Satan comes and says, if you do this, then you'll be like God. Then you'll have an identity. I've, I've read this verse for so many years and never saw this, that Satan promised them something they already had. Do you see that? Satan said, if you do this, then you'll be this. God said, you don't got to do nothing. You just receive the identity I've already given you. The enemy will always try to make things harder than it is. He said this, Satan said, you want to be like God? You've got to do something. Eat this. You, in other words, you have to achieve your identity instead of just receive it. Do you guys see this? God says you don't got to do nothing. You just got to simply receive it. And we can see the downfall of this, how people have this idea of what success and what they want to be based on this this. this culture, and Satan will bait the hook with whatever he has to to try to get you to be anything outside of what God wants you to be. So he'll bait power, money, control, sex, success, self-fulfillment, 
love. He'll bait the hook. He'll, 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 he'll say, hey, look, I know what God's word says about sex, sexuality, but hey, look, I'm going to put this right over here. I know what God's word says, but look, God's holding something back from you. He doesn't want the best for you. I'm going to go here. If you do this, then you'll achieve what the identity that you want so much. Just go outside of God's standards and God's word. You'll be like God. Y'all, this is not a new, this didn't just happen, this happens. This is the story of not just creation. This is the story of us. This wasn't just Genesis, beginnings. This is like the book of now. This is so many people selling out to get a new identity outside of God who says they are. Success. Yeah, I know I'm gonna have to trash family. Like I'm gonna have to ditch my wife. Sorry, you know, I'm, I'll be traveling, all of this stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, you want success. So you live your life for success. So you do whatever you got to do to get that bank account rolling, to be looked at as esteemed in the world's eyes. And what you're doing, you're just taking the bait and trying to get this so-called so identity, success, that that really you have when Satan just like, hey, get this, then you'll be like God, and he's going to leave you empty, just like he's done billions and billions and billions of people. We've, we've got to be wiser, fam. We've got to be wiser, fam. Like, we have got to know identity. Who you are is not achieved, it is received. God doesn't require you to do anything to earn the fact that you're made in God's image. It's something you receive and not live for, you live from. There's a huge difference. Life is so much crazy nice whenever you live from who you are rather than living for somebody. You know, most of the pastoral counseling that I give is, is kind of this whole, this isn't who you are. Like, if, if you knew who you were, if, if you knew who you really were, if you knew the fact, if you valued yourself as being made in God's image, you wouldn't be living this way. You wouldn't be doing this. You know, Paul, in the Bible, there was this one scripture verse in Philippians 3.16 that I've read over so many times and never even actually seen this. Uh, Paul here, uh, Paul, you know, he was a great church planner. He, he was somebody that that got saved late in life, that started to follow Christ late in life. And Paul was, was that guy, like, if anyone was going to get to heaven based on their good works, it was going to be him. Like, if anyone was going to, like, get the gold star achievement in their crown for being amazing on planet Earth, it was going to be Paul. And Paul actually even said it. In one of his, his letters to the church in Philippi, he, he's, he writes... And he starts this whole chapter with like, hey, let me tell you, I've got the good bloodline. All of these things that we deem as important here, he has the good bloodline. He's a Jew, but he's also a Roman. Uh, he was so passionate ab about what he thought God's word was. He actually killed Christians because he was trying to purify what he thought was the best religion. Um, he memorized the whole Old Testament I mean, he, he, he said, you know, he was born on the eighth. I mean, just, this dude had the perfect pedig pedigree 
to do God's plan and do God's will of what he thought. But then he hit this point where he actually saw whenever he got saved, all of these things that he was doing to achieve this, this, this identity, when he saw that, um, man, like I'm doing all of, of these things, but then when he saw what Jesus did for him and what Jesus did on the cross, he even said this, that when I think of all the good things that I've done in comparison to what Jesus did on the cross in my place and for my sin, let me tell you what all these good things that I've done is like. It's like a big, heaping, steaming bag of poop. That's Bible. He says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my God, who, who's for his sake I have lost all things. I consider them dog dung, that I may be found in him and have a righteousness that is not of my own, but that is through faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I realized I've been trying to work and achieve a righteous identity. And let me tell you what I actually had to do. I didn't have to strive to achieve anything. I just had to shut up and receive what Jesus did and what Jesus earned for me. He said, I realized I've been striving so hard to earn God's love. I didn't have to earn it. I just had to receive it. I've been striving so hard to get to heaven based on my good merits and my good deeds and my good Christianity. But do you know what I've realized? I just had to shut up and receive it and not live for God's approval. But now I just live from God's approval. There's nothing I could do to earn God's salvation. There's nothing that I could do to, to earn the bridge back to God. There's nothing that I could do. It's what he's done. And Paul quotes this one little scripture. He says, only let us live up to what we've already attained. And what is he talking about there? Attained means he's been given a new identity based on what Jesus did for him, not everything he did for God. Fam, I, I pray you're getting this because there's power in this message. There's freedom in this message. There is identity shaping, eternity altering power if you'll get this in your heart, mind, and your spirit. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 17. He said, all that are in Christ, let me tell you what their new identity is. They're new. The old is gone and the new is here. Now, I know some of you, you've been following Christ for a long time. And if you, you were probably say the last thing you feel like you are is new. You feel old, beat up. You, you feel used, abused. And some of you right now are even thinking about giving up on this God thing, giving up on this church thing. And I believe the reason is because you're trying to achieve this sort of, this sort of, identity that you've been trying to achieve, but you don't achieve it. You just receive it. You don't live for it. You live from the identity that has been freely given to you by Jesus. And what that does is it frees you from having, it frees you from religion. Religion says this is what you have to do to get to God. That's so not what Christianity is. Following Christ is, yo, Jesus lived the life you couldn't live, died the death you could not die. He died on the cross in your place and for your sin. He earned what you couldn't, and because he earned it, he can freely give it to you. So now you simply receive it by grace through faith. And you don't live for his salvation, you live from his salvation. You don't live for it, you live from the new identity of being new that God earned for you and gave you.
What if I told my son, hey, if you're going to be aware, these are some things you got to do, buddy. You got to get to the NFL. He'd have a tough time being a 5'10", 140-pound white guy. He better be a good kicker. You know, but what if I put these crazy expectations on him? If you're going to be aware, if you're going to be in this family, you better make sure you earn $100,000 a year, guy. And once you meet all these requirements, then you can be a part of the Ware family. No, do you know what I'm saying? Every, I try to tell this kid, I love you. And it ain't because you've done a daggone thing. All you've done your whole life is take from me. Money, money, and money. Cleans your butt, fed your mouth, and I love you, man. I don't know that's the way God thinks about you I know he's cleaned your butt multiple times he's fed your face he's provided for you you're sitting here stop trying to live for it receive the fact that you're made in God's image receive the fact that if you put your faith and trust in Christ your identity is now new and live from that Live up to that name. Live up to who God is. That's, you are an image bearer, meaning this. When people see you, they should see the who you serve. They should see whose family you are a part of. You should be full of grace, love, and forgiveness, hope, joy, peace, all these things that the Bible talks about. It, all of that is, is if we live how, who, the, like the person that we serve, we just simply reflect, imageify, that's a, I don't know if I, that's a real word, imageify the one that we serve. Fam, I love y'all, and I believe many of the issues you're dealing with that are outward, that are the sins you would say you struggle with, you say you've got demons, and, and you, you say you've got these things in the past, let me tell you what's not going to work, just behavior modification. It's got to start deeper than that. You've got to start believing this gospel. You've got to start believing it deep down in your heart. I know you won't always feel it, but we don't go by what we feel, but go by who we know and what we know. And that is, this is identity-shaping, identity-altering. You are new. And my prayer is you wouldn't live for that. You'd live from it. And you would live up to who you already are. A son and daughter of the Most High God. That's valued. That's loved. And that you are worth far more to God than you could ever understand. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, I know I am so incapable of bringing change to anybody. But Holy Spirit, I know you can. So God, I pray the words that I spoke today, it's a weird prayer, but would honestly haunt people. God, as they're going throughout life and they're dealing with this inward battle inside of their lives of who they are and are they worth something and all these thoughts that the enemy brings, I pray by your grace, by your spirit, you would bring back to their memory what they heard today that when they mess up, when they blow it, when they feel hurt, when they feel ashamed, when they feel unforgiven, all of these things, I pray that they would first look beyond the symptoms and get to the root and they would know they're made in your image and they're new and there is forgiveness, there is hope, there is grace and there is love at the Father's table, at the Father's feet. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just, 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 just quick.
you know, if, if you want to receive this newness that Jesus offers, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus ever. And you're just kind of here and, and you've been coming a couple weeks and you're kind of deciding, is this whole church thing for me? Is this whole Jesus thing for me? Let me tell you this. It's never based on what you can do. It's based on what Jesus has already done. And it's just freely accepted by grace through faith. So my challenge to you today, if you've never said yes to Jesus and received this forgiveness, received this new, this identity of being new, I want you to receive that today. What we're going to do, we're all going to pray, all of us here, we're going to pray together. And I believe if you say this prayer from the bottom of your heart with all that you have and you truly, sincerely believe it, your words will have power to bring a newness in your life that you will not understand, but you'll be able to give God glory for. Everyone here, repeat after me, Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for my sin but rising again to give me new life I receive your newness I will walk in it and I will have a new identity based on who you say I am I give my life all of it the good the bad in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you said that prayer today for the first time and you meant it, we want to say welcome to the family. Lifehouse, can we just welcome them to the family? Listen, if you said that prayer today for the first time, we want to connect with you quickly right after service. Please let us know. Simply right afterwards, next steps booth right outside there. There, there, there there's going to be someone there. If you would just go out there right afterwards, it's not going to be long. We just want to give you a Bible and give you a few next steps on this, on this new journey of following Christ. Please just step out and let us know because we believe today that you have become new. Stand up with me, Lifehouse family. We're, we're going to worship and let us worship like new people. Let us worship like people that have new identities, that were made in God's image, that we are no longer slaves to fear, envy, hate, but we are now new because of what Jesus has done for us. And let us worship. Let us worship as image bearers of God. Let us worship our creator, knowing we've been created and we submit to him. Let's worship Lifehouse family.